0: you're listening to flying sober this is a podcast about cultivating relationships and sobriety and stepping into self-discovery through love understanding and exploration The opportunity to learn about yourself through others starts now. Hello, hello, my lovely listeners. This is Rachel, your host.
1: And this is Jonathan, your co-host.
0: You know, we talked about so many types of relationships, but one of the most important relationships in the program is the kindred friendship and mentorship of a sponsor and sponsee. And since spirituality is the basis of this program, we thought it would be interesting to hear how they each perceive it and work it into their recovery. So today we got Donnie in the house, who's Jonathan's sponsor, and they happen to be great friends way before they ventured into this sponsorship union, if you will. So let's get started. Hi, Donnie. How are you?
2: I'm doing fantastic. How are you?
0: I'm <laughs> Very well. So how did you meet each other?
1: Well, we met each other in the rooms, actually. But what's interesting enough is we, we always talk about, like, you know, coincidences are God's way of staying anonymous. Right. Right? And when Donnie and I met, at first, like, it was just like, you know, like, I'm John. He's like, hey, I'm Donnie. And he says, dude, you look really familiar. And I'm like, well... You don't look familiar. He goes, what's your last name? And I tell him. And it just so happens his family, is dear friends, and actually every, everyone in our families know each other. It's just we didn't have the pleasure of meeting. It's unbelievable, like, when you see, like, how the connection points come together.
2: Can I be more explicit? Absolutely. His mom is the headmaster at a school that a lot of my, that I went to, the the elementary school that my parents went to, the elementary school. Wow. Um, and uh, a lot of my family teaches there and taught there before she became the headmaster. And they've known her and have heard his mom's name a thousand times. But I was like, oh, okay, you're Arby's son. And he was like, yeah. And I said, my cousin is so-and-so and this one and this one. And then he's like, ah, blah, 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 blah. So, and yeah, I was at the room. I think he came down. You already had like six months when you came here? I did. Yeah. And even in the very beginning, I was like, that guy's spiritual. And I would listen to him. And I didn't usually pay much attention to people who didn't have much time because I was always, I probably had a year at the time, I had been in and out so much, I'd already figured out, like, listen to the people who've got a lot of time, stick with the winners, and that's an easy way to, that was how I would judge it at the time, probably. I realized I'm going to listen to certain people, but he was someone who caught my attention right away at six or seven months. And then, because of the connection through Cushman School, I'm going to, to me, when there's that previous connection, to me, God is saying, take care of that person more. Or pay attention to that person more. The same way that I did with you when you told me when I realized that you and I were friends with Gene. So I have a tendency to do what I can to look out for those people There's a sort
0: of familiarity. Yes. I was just reading this morning. Spirituality is recognizing and celebrating that we're all connected to each other by a power greater than ourselves. And that connection to one another is grounded in meaning and purpose. Well, it's obviously no coincidence that we cross paths. How did your partnership come about? Who approached you? I mean, either one of you can answer that.
1: I mean, we were friends to begin with for years in 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 the program, and um, we both were watching each other's progress and and we would always keep in touch like once a week we, we would just talk naturally because, you know, we had a connection point. At the, at, at the end of the day, I care very much about him, and he cares very much about me. And that's what the amazing thing about, you know, when you when you get engulfed in a program of people that want to see you do better, you tend to gravitate to the right people. Right. which, You know, Donnie said like stick with the winners. Like,
0: just like was, you can gravitate to the wrong people.
1: Exactly. Right? But you got to you, you have to be selective. And um, and I saw that he had a lot of great things happening in his life. And he he had a lot of positivity, so at first it just it started off as a genuine friendship, and um, and then one day he popped the question.
0: <laughs> Will you marry me?
1: And like, I said yes. Was very
2: spiritual, and that's what attracted me to his sobriety. Also, some people are A students, some some people are D students. But if the D student keeps coming, he's going to continue to get better. And it's not a grading system, but you know anybody who goes a lot and does those things and tries to go to a meeting every single day, especially for the first year and et cetera, that you see a lot, you know, you, you're more vested in them staying sober. Um, I've had three sponsors and uh, this time around, I don't know how many sponsors I've had 20 let's say, cause I was in and out for years, but, um, it took me a while to get over the fact, you know, and this was through AA, I kept growing was that I'm going to ask someone who's 20 years younger than me to be my sponsor and who has six months less than me. And, as the program worked on my humility, and my humility kept going, my, you know, I kept either attaining more humility or became more humble or whatever was the right thing, like those things that didn't matter. It doesn't matter that he's 20 years younger than me. It doesn't matter that he's got six months left, less than me. I felt like his sobriety was better than mine. You
0: wanted something he had.
2: I wanted his spirituality. I mean, if you want to learn how to ride a motorcycle, talk to the guy who has a motorcycle. You know what I mean? It's that simple. And AA has taught me to, you know, I don't need to know everything uh, I can learn from other people's experiences as opposed to my own. If I can watch other people's mistakes and learn from them, my life becomes so much easier.
0: So now he's your your sponsor. How did he open spirituality up for you?
2: Uh, like at the very beginning, when I started talking to him, he's just being him. And he's going to talk about more spiritual stuff. And I wasn't speaking to my other sponsor enough. We weren't going to the same meetings. Um, there's definitely an, there's an age difference. My other sponsor was fantastic. He's got 40 plus years And it was just time for me to move to John. So are you saying that I was your spiritual mistress for a little bit? You were my spiritual bitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's like you said, we gravitate to what our soul needs. You know, I mean, I went to a couple of sponsorships. It's like, you know, I was looking for a parking space until <laughs> I, I found my spot. And it's now it's the sponsor that I feel that I can learn the most from. But um, we know it. It's our inner compass that tells us maybe it's time to move on or we have outgrown this one person. And uh, it's like you said, with spirituality, you were seeking someone who can bring that more into your life. So why do you feel you needed it in the first place?
2: To me, it is to get you sober and then... It's to grow your spiritual life. But you know, when a student is ready, the teacher appears. I'm as deep as a puddle at the end of the day. If my ass is there, my mind follows. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I go to the AA meetings. I can go in there in a bad mood, and my mind's like, oh, this. You know what I mean? Oh, be grateful. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> but when I'm talking to John, he's like, be spiritual. I'm like, oh, yeah, be spiritual. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I just try to, uh, like, I've heard people say, wear your sobriety like a loose... Set of clothes, and that's that's what I do. And I just I know that if I take the right actions and put myself in the right places and call the right people, that my and I'm very grateful for being a person whose mind follows.
0: So you already said you had a couple of sponsors before, Jonathan. Do you feel that the other um, sponsors contributed something to your growth and oh my recovery?
2: God, co- incredibly, um, the first sponsor I had this time was the guy that I just kept seeing, and it was weird because I was seeing him like outside my house because I was going outside of the house to You know, like it's as random as this because to just get what I need to get and then I would see him and I saw him a bunch of times and when I came back in, I was like, that's the guy who's supposed to be my sponsor and he was perfect for me at the time because we were very similar in a lot of ways and I had nothing to be embarrassed about in front of him. So I could be completely, we were, you know, transparent. Yeah. I was completely transparent. Part of it is like, you know, you're, you're scraping to get by and you don't know where your next meal is coming from. And he was not a guy who was super rich or anything. So I didn't, you know, I could talk to him like, Oh my God, I need to get $50, you know? And he's like, I get it, you know? (laughs) And it was perfect. And he was the perfect sponsor for me at the time. And, uh, he took me through the steps and, um, as it turned out, he ended up relapsing when I had a year and 10 oh, really? months. And then it took him like four and a half years to come back and he would call me and I always called and checked on him cause I cared about him. He's the guy who guided me through the steps and he has a very special place in my heart. Uh, two Saturdays ago, three Saturdays ago, I got to give him his one year medallion again. And oh, that's like, wow. That's yeah. wonderful. Because, you know, he, I, I just, it's miracle. someone that, yeah, it, it was a miracle. And, and yeah. someone said, They're like, I can't believe that Donnie's given this person a a medallion because we were both Mm -hmm. in and out and in and out and in and out forever.
0: And, you know, that's my next question because a lot of people in the program relapse. And statistically, it's it's quite normal in the program to come in and out. My next question is, why did you relapse? And do you feel that sponsorship has a role in it? Do you think if you had a sponsor that was more grounded and stronger in the program, it would have made a difference? No.
2: I don't know if I was ready because... The drug was what the drug was, yeah. um, it, it, I think it's a, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to get away from.
0: That's why so many people relapse when they try to get sober in their 20s and their 30s. It took me over 40 years to finally get this.
2: I, when I was ready, I was sitting in jail and had a conversation with God, and this is the last time. And uh, I've you told me that once, yeah. I've literally thought about how i say I, I could build a castle with the white chips that i've picked up but the truth is it was probably 16 or 17 and there that was between years i picked up one five years later i didn't do anything i went to rehab i picked up you know in those seven years 10 12 14 something like that um and uh i got another dui the last three and a half years i had never been out like that again um I hadn't been out like any, any sort of time like that. I was in and out, you know, I was out for two months and back in for nine, you know what I mean? And, um, I was sitting there in jail talking to God and I've sadly been to jail 15 or 20 times. And, and God is like, I'm like, come on, man. And he's like, (laughs) no, fuck you. I gave you everything. You're, you're a tall, decent looking guy with a, with that's intelligent with a good personality that came from a good family Etc. Like everything. Like I re- literally came from. I had everything. And he's like, and I'm am sick of it. Like I'm done with it. I'm done. This is it. He's like, this you is. You heard it. that in your head. I heard that in my head, and I heard that at eight hours, and the same conversation at ten hours. And God's like, no, fuck you. And it took sixteen hours, till I got out of there. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking about the times that this time around that I should have died. And I finally got to the point where I was like, I'm gonna die. Like I mean, it was. I didn't realize what a how much of a white light. Experience that it was only until maybe three weeks ago that I literally had a conversation with God or what I felt like was God. And <clears throat> I just went in and did everything I was supposed to do this time. And I knew once I got past three days, I would get a year. And I would always be counting to a year. And I said, let me do something different. Let me count to five years. Because I knew that people who that I knew that my mind would change by five years. And so I like stuff. So when I got to three months, I was like, okay, I'm 5% there. And six months, I was like 10% there. And then, you know, at a year I was 20 and then 40 and 60. And I joked with my friends, I said, we'll sit down at five years. And if my life isn't better, I can go back to drinking and doing drugs. <laughs> and I knew that wasn't going to be the case. And, um, finally turned it over to God in a different way where as many times as I read the first 164 pages was like 15, it would always change. But the time before that, I said, God, I don't care if I have to make eight bucks an hour. I don't care if I never have a girlfriend again. Whatever you want. And I read that book, and it was a different book.
0: Wow. And, and, I know. Every and, time I read it, it's just, yeah.
2: I couldn't figure out what I had done wrong. Yep. And um, <clears throat> the I was sitting there, and I was like, and it always happens, these epiphanies. I was like, oh, you started thinking, what can AA give you instead of what you can give AA? And that was the only thing that I needed to change, and I can't ever not let that be the situation. It's like, what can I do for AA? Because, you know, the more spiritual stuff that I read and the more spiritual stuff that I do, I realize it's still a win-win because the more you give, the more you get. And, like, the more, I, and the more I give, the more I get. And I had an example when I didn't have any money and somebody needed $25, and I feel like God just... He makes it so unfair in my direction. I remember I gave somebody twenty-five bucks that I didn't have, and like the next day I got one hundred twenty-five out of nowhere, and I was like, "Oh!" And God was like, "See, I got you." You know what I mean? So yeah, it yeah. Just-
0: I but, you know, I think God gives us free will, and, and we have to surrender to that. We have to give him the wheel. Yeah. You know, um, yesterday I was in a meeting, and I heard this lady on a chat group, and she said, how can God let all these bad things happen to me or in the world, like this pandemic, Hitler, slavery, and so on? And my thought was, um, God gives us free will. It wasn't his fault, I, you know, I decided to drink and make a mess out of my life. Um, In my own experience, I learned that giving up free will and getting out of the driver's seat, so to speak, made my life better. So I believe he can only untangle the mess society or uh, we made out of our lives in general. Um, And someone else said, we can be a bad or a good presentation of God. But it's up to us which way we choose to go. My
1: definition of spirituality, and and it's funny, I was listening to Donnie and, and, and what he was saying and reflecting on on all the topics that have cropped up out of his talk, it's unbelievable. Um, you talked about relapsing, and the thing is, like reflecting uh, reflecting on on all the people I've worked with, including Donnie, and and, and what I've seen in the rooms. Um, I think one of the leading causes of of relapse and and what happens to us, it's. Basically, when we get to that point, he shared about it. He talked about it when he was in jail. It's like you have that realization that, like, you have no idea how to live. You don't. Like, my sponsor used to say it to me all the time. Like, when I would tell him certain things that I was doing and I still couldn't, like, get sobriety, he would say to me, like, how's that working for you? Like That was
0: your very first sponsor that you always talk about, That was my Ryan?
1: very first sponsor. And actually, no, my apologies. He was my second sponsor. No, oh. but, um, but he would say, like, how's that working for you? And... And I'd be like, it's not. And he's like, listen, you're going to have to accept in your innermost self that you don't know how to live. You keep doing it your way, you're going to get your results. And usually my results, and you hear it from Donnie, it's jail, yeah. institution, or death. Like, that's just the bottom line. And unless you accept that and you look for a different way to live, you're not going to make it. And what I see with the most times in relapse is, you know... It's either there's a lack of faith in a power far greater than themselves or they think they can do it better. But, like, if we reflect back on every decision that we make without people's help, it always turns out to be shit. Like, I, we need each other. And he talks, he said it. We're all connected, right? Yeah. Something that came to my mind is, like, if God didn't put us here for each other, then what the hell are we here for? And my definition of spirituality, it's funny, he mentioned the force. And if if we have Star Wars fans out there, you'll get this, right? The Force exists. I'm telling you, I have felt it. I work for it. Like, we all have a choice. It's either we're going to be Jedi's and we're going to serve the universe. And the, When you serve the universe and you see it and depict it in Star Wars, the Jedi's don't worry about where their ne- me- next meal's coming from, they don't worry about bills. Everything gets provided for. Or you live like a Sith Lord, like Darth Vader. You want more power. You keep destroying people's lives to get what you want, but it's not enough, so you destroy more people's lives. And it's all about choice. Like, am I going to choose to go with the flow of life, or am I going to go against it and take everything I can get and still be miserable? It's really that simple of a choice. And that's not just for people that are coming into recovery. That's just for people in general. Like, am I going to be loving and supportive to the world around me or am I going to take from it mm-hmm. and end up being just as miserable as all the other people that you see. Look at all the people you see that that attain all this wealth and all this power. Yeah. And they're still the most miserable fucks. And it sometimes even ends
0: up with suicide. And it ends up with you suicide.
1: Know? It ends up with even more
0: they, addiction and more problems. And you can't trust anyone. And, yeah. my,
1: and, and my overall definition of spirituality is understanding that I am a byproduct of a power far greater than me. And the only way that I'm going to be able to live is to recognize that I am not that power. That power loves me. And I got to do whatever it takes to stay with that power on a 24-hour basis.
0: Very well said. And that's really all we can do to keep what we have. So let's end it at this. And we're going to continue our convo um, on spirituality with Donnie and Jonathan. And with that said, be sure to tune in next week for another interesting episode. Till the next time we connect, which is every Friday at 7 a.m. For any comments, go to flying-sober.com.